I'm Joe Lee with your Play-by-Play Network Sports Minute. It might be time to tag another superstar with the Coach Killer label. That superstar is the star in the NBA right now, Milwaukee Bucks forward Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis, with his deplorable comments discussing whether the season or not was a failure, has now gotten his former coach, Mike Budenholzer, fired. This is now the second time that a high-profile coach that has been attached to Giannis no longer holds that position. Whether the former MVP and NBA champion had anything to do with Coach Bud getting fired has yet to be reported, but his comments about the season not being a failure will be forever linked to Budenholzer. Why? Because even if the Milwaukee star doesn't think this past playoff collapse is a failure, the Bucks front office does. They believe Mike Budenholzer doesn't give the organization the best chance to succeed with Giannis as a North Star. The one thing Giannis will hopefully understand is that the championship window in Milwaukee is closing fast and they don't have time to build something. And if you really think about it, if you're two years removed from a championship and had the best record in the NBA this past season, you've already taken steps towards success. And you would think by taking those steps, championship contention would follow. Whoever is sitting on the bench and drawing up plays on the whiteboard next year for Milwaukee, that remains to be seen. The message is clear, however, from Bucks management, from the top down. Win at all costs, and win now. I'll be interested to see when Eric Name asks Giannis the same question for a third year in a row, what his response will be. And if Milwaukee, instead of revisiting who the coach will be, revisits who's the face of the franchise. For the Play-By-Play Network, I'm Joe Leo. You're listening to the Grind Hours Podcast. At the wall! See ya! See ya! Hello and welcome to the Grind Hours Podcast for Friday, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. We will get to some horse racing stuff later in the pod, but right now I got to start. It's NBA playoff time. And one of the people that I think of is my good friends, the founder of the sports hit list and almost Iona University alum, Carl <laughs> Kalange. Carl, you it's the you know home stretch for what your second masters? Second masters, yeah. Uh I did the first one in 2010. It's been, you know, what, 10 years since I went back to school, and then now I've finished this one. So I'm excited. Uh it's just, you know, a long time coming. I love I'm a school nerd, man. And and this is just that I know in a program I can't thank it enough for, you know, allowing us to even become classmates and meeting each other and, you know, mm-hmm. have, having the same, just finding people who have the same passion as I do about sports and production. So it, it's amazing. And uh, yeah, man, I take the stage. Uh, when is it? May 9th, 18th. So get the blow horns ready. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully your Celtics will need those as well. 1-1 one, one going into Philadelphia today. I, I don't want to get on the schedule making. It doesn't make any sense. The Knicks started a day before this series even started, and yet they play game three after. Like the Celtics will play three games before the Knicks and Heat play three games. Doesn't make any sense. Zero sense. Yeah, I mean, listen, the scheduling has been a cluster. F- I can't even lie. I, I've, I, you're not the first person I've had this conversation with about 
And people ask me, like, I work for the NBA. Like, I get it. I'm, I'm the <laughs> NBA number one. But I'm like, they're like, Carl, what's up with the NBA schedule? Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, but right. it, it comes no to, sense. you know, you, you know what? Honestly, I've said this before. If I try to make sense of it, I guess, because I love the NBA and I'd be biased for them. Sometimes it's a matter of, you know, your home arena, right? Because I know the Rangers were playing, you know, uh, a couple games. You know, what else is going on with the home arena schedule? And I think that plays a factor into it. The NBA is always trying to do a primetime show, a primetime slot. The other thing, too, is when you look at Boston and Miami, Boston versus Philly, the travel time between that is what? Like, it's like a well, it's like a two-hour bus ride, maybe three hours. Right. take. When you look at Miami and the other one, they get a couple of days off. It plays in favor for Miami because Jimmy Butler got hurt and now he can rest up, right? So it doesn't – I don't know if that helps you in Nick's case, but it, it is weird. I, I can't have answers to it. I don't know who's in charge of scheduling, but it is a tricky – it doesn't make – like, it's the same thing with the Clippers – and the Lakers schedule in the first round, right? The, right. Like, like, like the Lakers were playing, you know, game two. Like, I remember when your Nets, sorry, got swept, right? Which was a closeout <laughs> night. I think the there was still four of the series that were on game three, which made no sense. How How is one series over and right. another one is still on game three? Like the NBA scheduling, it just never makes sense. I, I really have no answer for it. I, I don't understand the logic behind it I, as much as I try to, but it just doesn't make sense. It, the only reason why I am upset about it is it because it takes you out of the flow of a series? Because yeah. game two was Tuesday. It like that's five like four days worth of hype and anticipation, and it kind of takes you out of the swing of things. You, you like today, you're gonna have to read and 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 listen to all that you can to get yourself jazzed up again. Yeah. I mean, look, Nick fans and Heat fans are gonna be excited for this. But you know, as casual basketball, like without it, with with your team not in the playoffs, and you try to get into a series, the scheduling takes you out of it. But <clears throat> we're not here to fix the NBA schedule. We're here to we're here to talk about your Celtics and them. To me, as a guy who doesn't like your team at all, I think you're the best team in the East, but only when you want to be. Like you need that extra motivation to prove it to people. And I don't know if that's sustainable to win a ring. What's your thought on that? Well, listen, you know, I've been on the hit list pod talking about this all week. And generally speaking, I don't know which team I'm going to get. I don't know which team I'm going to get on any given night. It could be the great team that plays that looks like the championship squad like we saw in game two, or it could look like a team that just doesn't play up to its potential. So it, it, it's scary to think, you know, and I, I have no answers for it. I mean, there's been locker room talk about people in their feelings and clicks in the locker room and all this. When they look great, they look great. They're on, you know, they look like a championship squad. I, I don't I, I don't know. And this is what I have to do. I've been dealing with this. I guess since the Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum era, you know, where the team has potential and they 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 they'll go on a. We saw it in the Hawks series where they were supposed to clear mm-hmm. off three one going home. They, you, you thought it was a closeout game. They were up ten, I think it was like or thirteen with like four minutes to go in, in game five, and then they lose the game, and then they go back and then they win the game on the road. So it's like I I, I this is what it's going to take to win a championship. I have to deal with this Jekyll and Hyde team. We just have to deal with it. Uh, I'm someone. One of my friends tried to compare it, I guess, to the Kobe and Shaq syndrome, where you know they were beefing, but then they still found a managed to wait for them to win. I don't know if we're, we're Kobe and Shaq. I'm not saying that they are, but something's wrong, and I don't know what it is. Why can't we stay consistent in winning, or especially when we're up big? 
why can't we find a way to win the game? I think it's also a little bit like what the Warriors went through this year <clears throat> on the road where, you know, Warriors have four rings. They're, they're not going to get up for a Tuesday night in Charlotte. Sorry. They're not, that's, that's not going to happen. But the Celtics, they don't have a ring. None of these guys have a ring. So they can't, like, it's almost like a birthright that they're in the conference finals. Because Tatum, I mean, he walked into the league and walked into the conference finals. So I think there's some of that going on where they, again, they need that extra level to play, to to actually want to, you know, go the extra mile. And with the teams left in, in, in this dance, Philly, I think, is probably the weakest of the bunch in the East because I'm not – I'm sorry. I'm not a believer. Uh, I don't believe in James Harden in the playoffs. I have history on my side with that. I don't believe in Doc Even Rivers. after game one? Even after game one. I, all the Harden haters took, took it right on the chin in game one. Look at game two. Look at his shooting stats in game two. You're vindicated a, a, after that. I, I, he's playing hurt, and you know I, I'm not saying that's aiding my case, but he's he's not healthy. You Ooh, can Harden see or Embiid? Harden. Mm. Both of them aren't healthy, and that's the historically that's also the case with those two. They can never stay healthy for a playoff run. I'm not putting that against them. That's just you know part of the storyline. Mm-hmm. And Doc Rivers, I'm sorry. When you have two, three, one collapses on your resume, I don't believe in you either. So <laughs> I'm discounting everything with Philly. However, yeah. game three's atmosphere with Embiid getting the MVP trophy and that place just being lit on fire from the jump, it's going to be interesting. And I want to know if the Celtics can can live up to that atmosphere. I mean, listen, we've seen the Celtics win in, in uh, you know, on the road. You know, we know it seems like they've in had the a finals. Record. They've done it. Yeah, but... well, no, they've done it right. I mean, I, I believe they have a better record on the road over the last few years as far as home playoff games. They've dropped a lot of playoff games at home. Like, I think they did it last year against the Bucks. They did it, you know, they did it against Miami, too. I yeah, Tatum's game was on the road. That was in Milwaukee. Yeah, that was in Milwaukee. Yeah, so the road, the road is pretty good to Boston. Uh, I believe Joel Embiid is one and nine against the Celtics in the playoffs. From what I saw, I thought I saw a stat. <laughs> let me let me confirm that just to make sure before I go out here on your pod and say something that's not actually true. But one of my uh, one of my Celtic buddies sent it to me. Um, yeah, one and nine record against us in the playoffs. So that's uh, you know that that I, I'm again I, I I hate to try to use those stats. I mean because clearly it's an individual versus team, but you know. Um, I feel confident going into Philly that we can at least sneak and take in one. We take one, we're good. We take both. You know, it'd be best for us to just close. For me, it's always the mindset that we need to play consistent basketball every single – and we have the potential. We've seen it. And and I think the worst part for me is that I don't mind losing a close game. You know, I don't think the Celtics have an issue losing close games. The issue is when we're up big. And, like, say we're winning by, like, 15 or 20, and then we allow the team to come back and then we lose the game. Those are the those, – those are the – uh, those are the things that kind of get me annoyed. Um, and last game, you know, Tatum was in foul trouble. We only had seven points in the game and we still won the game. You know, we had our benches and others step up. So the potential is there. It's just how consistent can the Celtics be 
to go out here and close this out and, like, and not make it like again there were situations where even la- like the, the the series last year against Milwaukee and Miami they shouldn't have won seven games we shouldn't have went to six games with the Hawks we should have beat them in five or swept them you know but sometimes they play down like just keep continue playing like we know what the, our game is like let's just play it and win that's the frustrating part with me and that comes a question of I think leadership in the locker room you know, there's been rumblings with Joe Mazzula the entire year that he's not cut out for this. And he's got a little issues with timeout management and perhaps wanting to keep some people happy in the locker room as opposed to others. And you talked about clicks earlier. You mentioned that. That always seems to be the case with this team. Since Tatum and Brown have entered the league, I don't know if that's true or not. But that always seems to be the case with this team. And who's going to be that voice of reason in the locker room to say, hey, listen, cut this out. We need to be united in order to win a, win a ring. And that's the only way we're going to do it is if we trust our roster 1 through 15, even if 14 and 15 aren't getting in the game. So I don't know who that guy is going to be. Maybe it's Tatum. Maybe it's not. And speaking of Tatum, I, I hate to keep dogging on the guy because it always seems like I am. But he needs a moment in this series. Harden had a moment. Tatum needs a moment. He need because he hasn't really had a game this year in the playoffs. He's just kind yeah. of you know rode I along the, the road. You know what? I, I thought I thought the Atlanta series, the closeout game, he had his moment. Um, he's had spurts. Um, he struggled last game. Um, you know he had. I think he finished with thirty nine in the first game. He played a great first half. He didn't so much in the second. I think the problem was within the fourth quarter. I missed the game because I was in class with. With Pasanti, right? So, um, literally, while we're doing our finals, I'm literally trying to watch the game, and he's looking at us like, "What are you guys watching?" I'm like, "Celtics are playing right now." He was chill. He was mad chill about it, right? Um, so he understood because he was trying to check on the Rangers too. The Rangers playing the Devils, I think. Uh, yep. During the same time, right? Um, but I, I think you know, it, it again, Tatum is does Tatum always need to be that special? We, we call him Boy Special. A Celtic congregation that's our nickname for him, Boy Special, right? Um, so. Does he need to be boy special again? They could win without him being boy special. That means the others have to step up, and Jalen Brown has to play. Everyone has to play their role. I don't know how many more he can do it, but he's due for a breakout game. So that means that that's either going to come in game three or it's going to come in game four. You know, again, the 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 goal of the playoffs is always the first to four, right? Does your superstar player need to have? If your superstar player is not on, that means your others need to be on. Case in point. Uh, with the Lakers last night, right? Anthony Davis in first game one, he came out and had what it was like yes. 30 and 30 and 17. What did he do in game two? He the bed, you know? Yes, so it's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, so that's why I think there's a balance with it. Tatum could not score and have seven. That means Jalen Brown and Malcolm Brogdon come off the bench need to score big for you to win. Right. But you need your bench can't get you all four. You need right. your, you need your star to get one, at no, least right. one. Tatum will give you that one. I don't know which game, but he's due for. But again, I, I think that's a that's a scary thing for Philly to know that you lost without your, the Celtics' best player having a, a breakout game. You know, See, so it's like, so I'm 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 I don't know if I'm selling myself short here, but again, he's due for either game three Tatum boy special game or game four. I, I I would say game three come out the gate and come out hot. That's just my opinion. Like kill kill that Philly noise because you like you said the crowd's going to be hot and Bead's going to be emotional. You know, let's just get out here and get this W and feed off of that and just kill that noise right then and there. I just want to see it. For, like, 
as a basketball fan, and again, I don't like the Celtics. I don't really like Tatum. I appreciate his talent. I know how talented he is. I want to see it from him. I want to see a postseason run where where he goes on a LeBron, Kobe, Durant-type run saying, I'm the best in the world. Screw Giannis. Screw LeBron. Screw Curry. This is my league. Nobody else. He hasn't been able to do that yet. And he's entering, what is he, 27? No, Tatum, I think, is 25. Is he 25? Uh, Let's see. Hold on. Uh, I think so. I think he's 25. I, I could, yeah, he's 25, I would say. Yeah, so, he's 25. All right. So even with him being 25, you're entering a three-year prime where, yes, 27 is usually when you take off in the NBA. Like, historically, you look at it, that's when everybody, quote-unquote, figures it out. But he's been in the league for a while now. He considers himself a superstar. In order to do that, you need to step up on the brightest stage. I was saying the same thing about Giannis two years ago before he won a ring. So can Tatum do that? I don't know. That's 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 we like I said, we're 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 in it right now. We're not down in the series. We've seen him do it before. Um, I'm not doubting my guy. I know he's special, I know he'll be there. But case in point, he's not. That's what you have your teammates to pick you up. That's when you have your other guys, your others. You have your Malcolm, you have your Malcolm Brogdon's, you have your Marcus Smarts, you have your Al Horford who can give me at least 12. I just need 12 from him. Robert Williams off the bench. Even Grant Williams got some minutes the other night, which was good, which was key. Grant Williams needs to show up. He, yeah. he hasn't been the same guy. <laughs> he hasn't been the same guy since he told you Donovan Mitchell was going to make two free throws and he he missed it. Right. He needs to, <laughs> he needs to be he needs to be that same guy. That 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 bench score, but again, if your superstar doesn't show up in a series, more show often up. than not, you're going home. He'll I'm show sorry. up. He'll you're going up. home. Yeah, he'll show up. He'll show up. He'll be there. Ask him beat about that. Ask Harden about that. Yeah, I know. He'll show up. Don't worry. My guy will show up on tonight. He'll show up tonight or he'll show up in game four. One of one, one of the other Tatum will be there. I mean, we have to look at how they're playing him too. You know, uh I, I don't know if PJ Tucker's guarding him. I think PJ may be like and see how they're how they're playing him in the games, but that's no excuse. He needs to show up. Fair point. Speaking of the Sixers, what's your biggest worry watching two games about the Sixers team in terms of how they can beat the Celtics? Oh, it's Embiid defensive play. I mean, we saw him play the first half. I mean, we blew him out in the third quarter, but the first half, Embiid was playing great defensively. He was blocking shots. He was, you know, he looked good. He moved. I mean, he had a few days off to rest. Didn't look like somebody was coming off a, a, a knee sprain, even though he had the knee brace. It's Embiid. Embiid's the MVP. Um, the one thing I don't like about him, which clearly you probably know this best than anyone, is like he flops all over the place. And he, <laughs> you know, he's, a ba- he's a bad actor. It's terrible, bro. Like <laughs> Grant Williams didn't even touch him and he's on the ground. And I'm like, bro, get the hell up. You know, that's like- why he gets hurt. He falls down for no <laughs> reason. And if but I was a MVP. Philly fan, that would yeah. piss me off. Yeah, no, he's the MVP, which respect to him, but it's just like, bro, man, get the hell up off the floor. Also, you know, you're that big, you're that strong, you're that fast. Why are you on the floor 80% of the time? Yeah, no. It, it's, no it's, one's it's, bumping you who's stronger than you for you to end up on the floor. The only reason why you should end up on the floor is because you're getting hack-a-shacked and they have to, you know, chop you down to get on the floor. Yeah, but, it, it's 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 a little annoying. Um, but you know that's Embiid. You know what I'm saying? 
it, it, it's it's who he is. It's what he does. It's, you know, he's going to continue to do so. The one guy that you haven't mentioned that scared the daylights out of me in last series was Maxi. That guy already can, like, he's proven it to me. He can be a player. And I think he's scarier in this series than Harden is. I truly believe that. Again, I'm all credit to Harden for game one. He's going to regress back to the mean at some point. And he already did it in game two. I think that's just the saltiness in you talking about what happened with your team. No. Look, <laughs> I, I said it from – I didn't want Harden from day one. You can go back, check the receipts. There, there's some Twitter voice memos. That, I remember because I, I think I came into class with you when when we got when you got the trade and you were like, yeah. I didn't want this to happen. I remember. Yeah, we were in class together. Yeah, you can you can check the the, the Twitter voice memos. I, I rip it. Absolutely rip into it. <laughs> and I think, you know – uh, I'm vindicated for that, but that's here nor there. I'm all in. I'm on Mikael Bridges in the direction of this franchise, and I'm excited about that. But, you know, looking at it in terms of adding up the bench, at like the old school, who has the better bench, who has the better stars, who has the better coach? As much as I don't like Doc Rivers, I don't know about Joe Mazzula. I, I really don't know. Like, well, listen. I mean, he's he's in, he's in, he's he's in his he's he's in his uh, you know, first years coaching. I mean, I, I heard there was some clicks with the locker room. Like I said, is that he plays favorites, which people don't like. But until this team gets knocked out, these are just questions that are just going to continue to arise, right? So, uh, the Celtics again, starting off the season, it was a terrible situation. You know, we we the team went into the season. You know, all losing the finals that we were going to get back with Ime, and then the whole Ime situation happens, and boom, here comes Joe Mazzulla taking his place. You know, so the clearly the Celtics brass had enough that they felt they wanted to put him in that. I, I I don't know. We're here. There's nothing I can do but but continue to play and see how it plays out. We'll know in a month or so how it plays out. We won't know, but until then, it's just rumors about how things are done and how things are orchestrated. But we're here. So all we can do is is just you know I know the system I know the team we have the potential we we are our biggest you know um, opponent in my opinion because I've seen this team lose it's not because I think the other teams are better except for the finals right because Steph just went step on us <laughs> we we are our own demise you know and and games that were like we're our own demise is that that we can't be up having a thirteen point lead with five minutes left to go in a quarter and we can't close out a game that's inexcusable. And it's also inexcusable when we lose a game in game one when their MVP and their best player is out. We should have won that game too. That's another inexcusable loss. You know, so well, if you grab a rebound, you got a shot. Those inexcusable losses are the ones that that hurt the most. I don't mind losing. I always tell this to sports fans, right? I don't mind lo- I don't mind my team losing. I hate to lose by a large margin because that means you showed no effort. Right, we had this discussion before. Yeah, right. I hate. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, man, it's ridiculous. Like, I don't mind being. We we lose a close game. We lose off a buzzer beater. I'll accept that. What I won't accept is the lack of effort. And when you when you're bigger, yeah, it's ridiculous to me. See, no, the buzzer beaters are the ones that keep me up at night. Like game one (laughs) last year, the Tatum buzzer beater. Ah, that was just that That was the. That was red. That, one, that was all that, red hour back, baby. That was that red. That one, that one is uh that one will keep me up at night. That, that's, that's the spirit sure. of red hour back. That's the spirit of uh Bill Russell. 
Bob, of Kyrie who, Irving uh, falling asleep on defense is what that was. <laughs> in the biggest moment. John Havlicek, when you step into the TD Garden, when you step on Lucky, you will get unlucked. All right? We know what that means. Don't disrespect Lucky. You step on Lucky, you will get unlucked. That's what happens. And Kyrie Irving stepped on Lucky in 2017, and it's all been downhill from there. <laughs> so don't talk to me about that. He's been unlucky even when he was on your team. Uh, all right? Fair, fair point. True, true. We got rid of that ghost, too. But honestly, though, I think the Celtics are their own demise at the end of the day. We need to be better. We know we're better. And we know we have, we're better than Philly, and we just have to go in there and just get the job done. That's it. Take two, Take two in Philly, come home, and close it out. It sounds, sounds easy. Well, yeah, it sounds a lot easy. It sounds, it sounds like a you know piece of cake, but what's your updated prediction two games in? Celtics in six, if my gut tells me. We do it in six. I say we take at least one in Philly. Um, and yeah, we, you know, two two, game five in Boston, and we close it out in Philly in six. That's how that's how I see it playing out. I don't, I, I, you know me, I don't like seven. I hate seven. Sevens give me the heart attacks, but for some reason, this team loves playing going to game seven. But if I had to guess, 2-2 two, two heading back to Boston game, they always say the winner of game five wins 80% or 83% of the series, right? So 2-2 two, two split coming back to Boston for five, we win five, and then we go back to Philly for six and we close that out. Oh, if you lo- if, if Philly lost in six, it would break there. Like that city would just snap in half. That, that would break some of the hearts of Philly fans. And so, that's how I got it. I'm going to go Celtics in seven. I I just, I don't think that they, again, they need that extra motivation. They need the Boston Garden to be rocking for a game seven atmosphere. I would love to see it from Tatum, from a Tatum versus Embiid perspective in a game seven as well. It would just add another chapter to that historic rivalry. I do think the Celtics are the better team. I think they're the best team in the East. Um, We can, you know, if they get to the next round and whoever they get to the next round, we can talk about the Eastern finals and, and what that means and, and, and the two different storylines that present themselves with that. There's a lot of storylines. Either way, with either four teams, bro, there's a storyline, right? You get you get yeah. Philly, you get Philly, New York, there's a narrative there. You get Miami, Philly, you got Jimmy Butler going back to Philly, you know, vengeance there because they didn't re-sign him. And then Philly. No, because they chose Ben Simmons over Jimmy over, Butler. They did. Yeah, that's they, what happened. Yeah, which is stupid. Um, and then, then you have Miami versus Boston. Well, we know how that go. We've seen them already yep. in the conference finals. We saw them last year. We saw them in the bubble. And my wife is re- loading for me up <laughs> for for a Celtics Miami. You know, she's a Miami Heat fan. So the the narratives are there. They're all there. You know, for the as far as the Eastern Conference is concerned. Carl, I think that's a good place to end. Tell the people what you got going on, where they can find you, all that good stuff. You know the vibes, the Hitler streets. Join our Facebook group uh, for daily conversation. Look out for our content weekly on the Facebook fan page. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go to our Instagram for daily sports updates. We put it all in our stories. Um, And check us out all over, all all over on social media platforms. And I'm hoping that the website can get launched by the end of July. That's the goal. We were supposed to do it last year, but we had a lot going on with Master Joe's documentary. This year, I'm hoping to launch the website. So, yeah. Carl, thank you so much for coming on. Best of luck to your Celtics the rest of the way. And have fun at graduation, man. Always, man. Listen, my wife's getting the blow horn. When they call that name, I'll dance across the stage. Long time coming. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you so much. Do you miss classic pop punk? 
How about emo? Were you rocking some neon cartoon monster merch back in the high school days? Where did all the good times go? Well, worry no more, because I have the fix for your problems. A brand new band! We are the Bad Ideas, and if you listen to the Grind Hours podcast, you've already heard our song Firecracker many a time. The Bad Ideas EP is currently available on all streaming platforms. Just look for the cover art of a woman more beautiful than I could ever hope to be. Five songs of retro modern pop punk bliss for your listening pleasure. Delicious. And keep those red ties and eyeliner dusted off because there goes the neighborhood. Our debut album is coming soon. It's practically here. Subscribe on YouTube and listen on any streaming service you wish. The Bad Ideas, your new favorite pop punk band. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Califato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes. SeatGeek is the number one ticket app for buying and selling tickets. Sports fans, music fans, comedy fans, theater fans, fans of tickets. Use my code GRINDHOUR to get into the building to get yourself a seat. Again, that's code GRINDHOUR at checkout for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. One more time, code GRINDHOUR. That's G-R-I-N-D-H-O. You are at checkout. Joining me now for the second year in a row for his what second favorite weekend of the year? Is yes. my dad. So, hi Joe. If you don't know what this time of year is, because that was a discussion that uh, <laughs> you and I and my and mom were having this past week. If you don't know what this weekend is, it's Kentucky Derby weekend, first weekend of of uh, first Saturday of May, and I love it. I it seems like I'm the only person at ESPN. That actually loves it. I'll talk with Anita, I'm sure, on Saturday about it the entire day and who she likes. And I'm sure that's what, you know, half of her show is going to be besides the Knicks. But this is your second favorite weekend. You've been doing research and work all week for this. Um, I know you I want to talk about last year. So let's let's get into that a little bit. Just, well, just for a little bit of history lesson in terms of people that want to either bet or, or, or fade you. Sure. <laughs> so I do research on this uh, basically all, all year because there's a lot of derby prep races and I don't really um, do too much with horse racing uh, up until this weekend. This is like opening day for me for, you know, for people that like baseball or football um, opening weekend. This is uh, 
this is opening weekend for me because Belmont started yesterday. Uh, the Kentucky Oaks is today. The Derby is tomorrow. And it's a great uh, day of betting to, all day tomorrow at Churchill Downs. So um, I, I absolutely love this time of the year. So and the fact that the Knicks are playing well makes it all that much uh, more exciting. We'll be watching the Knicks game tomorrow um, prior to the Derby. It's going to be interesting. Games. That might have two TVs going to watch the uh, the early races at Churchill tomorrow. So it, it's going to be a great day. Um, so last year when I joined you, uh, I was all in on Epicenter. Mm-hmm. And um, I had him, I, I bet him in uh, future pools. I had him on all my tickets. And I thought I was a winner up until uh, the last eighth of a mile when Rich Strike came bounding up the rail and beat him by about a length. And uh, I'm just probably getting over that loss today. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it was, it was a great story. I think the only people that bet that horse were the people named Rich. Um, so if you're, if your name is Phil this weekend and you like mm-hmm. two fills, you're not going to get that kind of price on two fills, but um I'm sure a lot of fills will be will be betting uh, two fills. So um, just um, a disclaimer here. I am not off to a great start this year in any of my prep races. Last year, I was fantastic. Uh, this year, uh, not so good. So uh, I'm looking to uh, kick off uh, probably late this afternoon. I'll start. Uh, hopefully I can I can bet a couple races later in the day at uh, Belmont and Churchill Dance. The big story this year is definitely the Japanese horses. There's two in the field. I've been reading a little bit, uh, listening to some stuff. What's your gauge on whether a Japanese horse could win the Kentucky Derby? Because they haven't in 148 years. So, um, well, we should talk about which Japanese horses are actually in the race because one of them is scratched. As a matter of fact, there are four horses that are scratched out of this race um, as of right now. Uh, Skinner was just announced um, out this morning. Uh, that's a nine horse, the number 10 horse, Practical Move, uh, number 19, Lord Miles, and number 20, which is a Japanese horse, Continuar, um, is um, out of the race. So... Um, for anybody that's looking to bet, just make sure that you know that uh, going in and that the uh, 20, uh, I'm sorry, the 21 Cyclone Mischief, 22 Mandarin Hero and 23 King Russell are all in um, off the also eligible list. So um, Mandarin Hero is one of the Japanese horses at a post 22. And then um, number 17, Derma Sotogake, I think I'm saying that right. I, I think you are as well. That's, it is that's the, the other Japanese, the other Japanese horse, which um, I liked. Dermo Sotogake, um, I think I thought he had a good chance. He should be out in front when uh, they break out of the gate. Um, there's not a lot of speed, and for for your for people listening, and speed mean speed horse means that they like to go to the front and they like to run on the front end. So. Um, that's um that's that number uh number uh 17 i'm sorry yes yeah, seven 17 Dem- horse mm-hmm. dermo sodagake so 
I liked his chances until the also eligibles were in. So Cyclone Mischief is a very similar style runner. And I think Cyclone Mischief is probably going to push that horse on the lead, which uh, may not work out too well for him. So I, I actually like Mandarin Hero a lot. I bet Mandarin Hero in the Santa Anita Derby and lost by a nose um, at eight to one. So um that was uh, an extremely uh, disappointing uh, loss for me. <laughs> um, so to answer your question, yes, Mandarin Hero, I, I think has a very good shot at winning this race. For me, I just, I, I, I will probably put a little bit on uh, Mandarin Hero, but I, there's just too much up in the air. Because, again, they haven't won in the history of this race. And the chatter is that the Japanese want to take part of the racing world over and, you know, stake a claim with this race and, and these horses. So it's going to be interesting. But um, getting to that, who do you like the most? And if you have an exact at this moment, I would like that as well. So... The reason that I love the Kentucky Derby so much is that, you know, there's, well, there's 19 horses in it now with all the scratches and then the three add-ins, but uh, you can make a lot of money. And I can honestly say, you know, I can make a case for about 10 to 12 of these horses, but you can't bet 10 or 12 horses uh, to win this race. Uh, you, you would go broke. So uh, the other horse that I really like is Angel of Empire which is the 14 horse. Okay. So what I'm probably going to do um, is I will uh, put a nice size win bet on either one of them. Once I see them in the paddock and see how they're looking. Uh, Angel of Empire has pretty much been the horse that I was going to bet uh, prior to uh, Mandarin Hero being eligible for this race. So what I will probably do is take um, the 14 and the 22 and box them uh, together and then I will probably pay, play um, maybe three to four horses underneath, um, verifying two fills, Tapit Trice, Forte, and uh, Demer, uh, Derma Sodagate underneath that. Uh, Forte is going to be the favorite. Um, that's a Todd Pletcher horse, as, uh, as is Tapit Trice, uh, the five horse. Uh, will probably be taking a lot of money. So it's a great betting opportunity. Um, it's it's really a wide open race. So, you know, any any bet that you're going to put in, you, you got it. You got a bit of a chance. So take advantage of it if you're going to do that. The two horses I like, <clears throat> one of them is um, partially because of Peter Rosenberg, the eight horse mage. Um, I was going to bet it just to, you know, for giggles, just because, again, it's, you know, Rosenberg and that's his saying but looking at him you know he ran on a track that you love at Gulfstream to really you know get in position for this race and the other horse that I like it's another top Fletcher horse if Fletcher doesn't walk away with barrels of cash in this uh, after tomorrow he's done something wrong because he's got a lot of good horses in this race but uh, the one I'm looking at is a six-horse, King's Barons. 
Uh, Jose Ortiz is on the on the six horse. Uh, how are you feeling about my two picks? And would you? Would yeah? How are you feeling about the the two horses that I uh, that I'm backing for the so, Derby? Kings Barnes um, has only ran three races, um, won all three. So that's the good news. And uh, is is uh, a horse that is going to be on, on the front end. So he'll probably be towards towards the front of the of the race at the beginning. Same thing with Mage. Uh, only has been in three races. Uh, has won one out of the out of the three and finished second behind. Uh, the favorite forte in the Florida Derby. So I don't want to say they have no chance. Um, I think that the, either one of those could possibly, I, I'd be surprised if either one won, but I wouldn't be surprised if either one came, you know, in second or third or, or fourth, somewhere in those lines. But it should be an exciting race. Um, I mean, it always is. How are you going to, you know, handle close Nick game? You know, if the Nick game comes down to it in the fourth quarter, that's right near post time. Yeah. Um, so we'll definitely, we'll have two TVs going. Um, it's supposed to be a beautiful day. Um, we'll have two TVs going probably outside. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get started like around four o'clock ish. I think the Nick game starts, what is it? Three, three 30, three 30 tip three 30. So, um, hopefully the game is over, um, by, by six, six 30. So we should be all geared up and ready to go. The mint juleps will be flying and, um, you know, the homebrews will be flying. So yeah, I'll, should, be, should be a good day. I will probably get there. I, I'm working tomorrow. I'll probably get home around six. So I, I will right at the end of the Nick game, right, right before the, uh, right before post for the Derby. So dad, best of luck with all your tickets and I will see you tomorrow. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Joe. On this side of the coin out, the fake J Leo on Twitter, jdadasports.blogspot.com. And of course this podcast. If you reach this point, please like, subscribe, share this podcast anybody who you seem fit. If you're new to the show, please download the show. It means more to the show than you know. If you followed the show for a while, you're kind of surprised that I'm not going to talk Yankees. What, what happened, Joe? You don't want to talk about Cashman saying the season isn't over, about them being in last place, Boone's bullpen management, everyone dropping like flies and $180 million in the, on the injured list. I will save all of my Yankee thoughts for the blog. If you want my Yankee thoughts, go over to the blog. I'm going to be start posting regularly with mainly, mainly some Yankee articles. I know I said I had a basketball piece in the works. That is will also be up soon. So there's that. This podcast, same schedule, Tuesdays or Fridays. I gave you two last week, one this week. We'll see how next week goes. In terms of podcasting, this week I wanted, you know, I wanted to go up, surprise my brother for his 21st birthday. My grandfather's birthday was on Wednesday, so busy, busy week. Busy, busy start of the the month of May, really, for everything going on with birthdays and Kentucky Derby. And today's also Singing to Mayo, so if you celebrate, celebrate responsibly. Hope everyone's family is doing happy and doing well. Spend the weekend with those you love. Best of luck to everyone cashing tickets for the Kentucky Derby. Until next time, it's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Peace.